Hi, I'm Kevin Harrington, an original shark from the hit television show Shark Tank, and you're listening to the Underdog Podcast. I've been too high up to fall, question marks, what's up with y'all? All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is over time, barking like some underdogs. Underdogs, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Underdog Podcast. Today, I have an incredible guest here with me. Angela, how are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing lovely. I'm doing lovely. I Like I was just saying before this call, I've heard so many beautiful things about you, and I just like can't thank wait you. to dig into your story. So thank you so much for being here today. Super yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm excited to be here and have a conversation with you and see where it takes us. Absolutely. I am super pumped. So I always like to start off with one of the most loaded questions humanly possible. <laughs> Sounds so good. Get ready. But Angela, what inspired you on your journey to where you are today? You know what? It was totally my childhood. hundred percent my childhood. In my early 20s, early, early 20s, 21, 22, and you're trying to like figure out who you are as an adult instead of a kid, you know, and you still really feel like a kid, but you're not. I was trying to really work through what I had considered to be a very difficult and traumatic childhood. Now, I really thought that there were a lot of things that I just felt like I did wrong or I was wrong. I was too much. I was not enough, you know, all that stuff. And I would see my parents and my mother and my father, both are just very accomplished people. They were divorced when I was five. And so there was all this, like all these stories that I had in my head about why my childhood was so wrong, or if I was the reason, or if they were the reason, you know, it was all this stuff just kind of swirling around and you know, like for instance, productivity specifically was a really big deal for me because I was always such a chaotic disaster. And my mother was like OCD, like on steroids. So the woman had her, her recipes indexed on a three month rotating cycle. So if you ate something like you were going to eat that again in three months, you know, and she had it down to like the bread you were eating, like everything laid out. And then she had her grocery list. It was organized on her computer in order of where it appeared in the store. Like I can't even begin to explain the level of organization with this woman. Right. And so this was my example growing up. Like, this is what you're supposed to do. You could walk in my bedroom and not see the floor. You know, like I was a disaster and I didn't know how to do anything because my mother assured me that I was not good enough to do anything on my own. So she would just do it for me being very well intentioned and thinking she was helping me, but just made me feel like I was never enough. And so what was interesting is that when I first went out on my own, I got right into real estate and I started buying houses at 19. And by the time I was 22, I owned four homes and I was renting out three of them and I'd fix them all up, lived in them for a short period while I was fixing them up and then would buy another one and rent that one out. So I was doing all of this and managing it on my own, right? And thinking like I was moving ahead, I was doing these cool things and my mom just thought it was all chaos, you know, and I was just creating more and more chaos and I wasn't going to be able to keep up with it. I wasn't going to be able to hang on to it, you know? And then I got my real estate license and I worked as an assistant to the top realtor in Orlando, Florida at the time. I was managing 50 listings and 50 pendings at any given time and doing all of the marketing and advertising. And this is like 
right when the internet came out. So like we were using Microsoft publisher to create flyers, but they were still on floppy disk, you know, and like I was doing all of this stuff and then managing the model homes at this uh, very high end custom luxury home subdivision that was being built for the agent that I was working with. And uh, all of this stuff was going on before I was 22. Then I got my real estate license and went on my own as an agent, working as an agent segued into coaching. And I've been coaching for 20 years now, but what really kicked it off and inspired all of it was the fact that I understood that in order for me to be productive and get stuff done, I had to do it in a very different way from the way my parents did things. And I had to come to terms with the fact that the way I did things wasn't wrong. It was just different than the way they did them and that my brain worked differently and that I needed to do things on my own and figure out my own way of being productive. And then when I started working with other entrepreneurs and, and salespeople and found out that they were just like me and I was like, whoa, like, wait a minute that's new, that's different. And that it really inspired me to dig in and figure out why we were different, how we were different. And then how did productivity need to work to be able to fit into the way we function? Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's what kicked it all off. I love that, Angel. Oh my goodness. What story. <laughs> you go rock star. I love that you Thank buy you. houses at 19. I'm like, yes, I was 21 when I first started in real estate. Oh, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so, so cool. But so interesting. You mentioned so many interesting things here about childhood patterns and kind of how they reflect mm -hmm. all that stuff. And we'll dig into yeah. all that stuff. But as a kid, like, what did you want to be growing up? Gosh, I remember very clearly wanting to be the dolphin trainer at SeaWorld. <laughs> I wanted to be a veterinarian. I wanted to do all things with animals. Like I loved animals. I still do. But yeah, I don't think I thought too much of it. And then I started working in retail when I was 14 mm -hmm. and I really wanted to be a fashion buyer. I thought that would be the coolest job ever. And uh, then I kind of lost interest in that. And I got really into real estate very young. Uh, I stayed up late one night and saw Carlton Sheets infomercial. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do that. That is going to be me. That is, the thing. <laughs> that is the thing. I love yeah. that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, it's so interesting just like how life plays out, if you will. Mm. Right. But oh, I absolutely love how it reflects really like from our childhood and what we think, like, sometimes we think like, this is where we're supposed to do. This is how we're supposed to do things, but there's like a million different ways to yeah. do things. And it's not wrong. It's just different. Like you said, yeah. and then how does that flow into like, when you were talking, I was like, thinking about myself I'm like I'm such like an organized disaster I say that all the time like it's like my mind moves a hundred thousand miles a minute but for mm -hmm. what I do it's perfect for anybody mm -hmm. else like it could be a it could be chaos right so like totally as, as you were talking about that I was like really mm -hmm. like wow this is so fascinating and so interesting because our mindsets and what we develop at such a young age affect us forever right so like mm -hmm. in, in neurolinguistics programming which i've studied like it's so cool zero to seven is when our subconscious mind is created so it's like whatever our, our patterns are at that point in time it seems to be embedded in our brains forever unless we reprogram it right which mm -hmm. is so interesting oh my goodness i love that and this got you into the flow of productivity and all mm -hmm. of the things so when you started coaching so first you were an agent yeah you were an agent and so how mm -hmm. did you get into the whole like coaching realm? Like how did that, how did that kind of all start? 
Yeah. So that's kind of an interesting story too. So I was the agent in the office that other agents would come to because I understood all the techie stuff. And so like back then, MLS was being shifted from a DOS-based program, which you would have, everything was in code, into a Windows-based program. And we finally had pictures and things like that. Mm. Nobody understood how to do it. Like we all knew the codes, how to search with codes, but we didn't know how to like type in all these fields and all this. It was Windows was new. So it was, it was really difficult for the agents in the office. And so and the broker is like, hey, you know, we all had to take that mandatory class in the new MLS system, but it sounds like you were the only one who understood it. Could you teach it again here in the office for the agents? So I'm like, yeah, sure. Totally. No problem. And so I started training in teaching that way. And then agents were coming to me saying, hey, you know, you always have such creative ideas. I have this listing. It's not selling. What do you think? It was a lot of that kind of stuff. And then when I was 24 24, I was pregnant with my first child, my son, Henry. And I was thinking, gosh, I love real estate, but I just kind of want to be a mom and like dive into that and like really experience it. And so I was excited and I want to do that. So I thought, well, I'm just going to like take a step back and not sell real estate right now. I'm just going to be a mom. And what happened were two things. One was that I realized I could help other realtors with their marketing and I could do it from home. So this is before like virtual assistants were a thing. Uh, so I just literally grabbed a phone book and called every real estate office that was in our phone book and said, Hey, do you know anybody looking for an assistant? I just said that to every receptionist, they answered the phone. And I got like three or four people that were like, yeah. And the thing with being an assistant is that most agents can't support an assistant more than like five or 10 hours a week. So I would go in be like, Hey, I can put stuff on your website. We didn't have those searches that the IDX where it plugs all the listings in at that point. So you had to like actually manually input all your listings on there. And so I was uh, doing stuff like that. And I'm like, Hey, I can do this for you. I can do it from home. I'll work with you and some other agents. You don't have to worry if you don't have any hours for me there that week. And they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. Right. So I started doing that from home. And then I thought, you know, if I could do this for people locally, I'm not going to their office. I, why can't I do this for anybody anywhere? So I started reaching out to realtors who had websites because back then very few did. So I thought if they had a website, and then they might be interested in working with someone like me because they're early adopters, right? So I started putting that out and sending emails out because before spam laws. And I had 10 clients in two weeks. And I was doing all their marketing and like inputting all their listings. I was writing listing copy and they'd send me pictures and I'd write it all up and make it sound pretty. So before I knew it, I had 10 people working for me. Uh, one person was just sitting in my house with me, funneling out all the work. And I was sitting on the phone talking to the agents and kind of walking them through their problems, kind of troubleshooting things with them or brainstorming with them. And I uh, was going to all the trade shows and conventions and stuff because I just enjoyed it. By this time, I had another child. So I had two kids. I had a nanny in the house taking care of them full time. 
I had gone to the mommy groups at first when I first had Henry and then they were coming to me saying, well, what did you do before you had kids? I'm just like, oh, I sell real estate. And they're like, do you still have your license? We're bursting at the seams. We totally need a new house. And so I ended up selling like five, six houses a year just randomly by going to mommy groups. And then I had this whole business running that was a virtual assistant company where you're doing marketing. And then I'm talking to these agents on the phone and they're like, God, this was better than my coach. And I'm like, your coach, what's that? (laughs) And they're like, you know, like what we just did, like a coaching session. And I'm like, great. And then I'm like looking at it, what's a coaching session? What do coaches do? (laughs) And then I was like, I could totally do that. That's what I do anyway. I just haven't been charging for it. So I started coaching and I shut down the virtual assistant business and I was just coaching from there on out. And I was working as a productivity coach because that's what real estate agents had were productivity coaches. Mm -hmm. And uh, I found out that it was interesting. It was like, I could go to a convention and sit at the bar and it didn't matter who came up and sat next to me. Any agent could just sit down next to me, anybody in real estate. I'd be like, I'll bet when you were a kid, you scored off the charts on all your standardized tests, but you didn't do any of your homework and your teachers always chastised you for why you didn't apply yourself. And they'd be like, oh my God, how do you know that? And it was because we were all the same. It was what attracted us to real estate was this desire for freedom from control. And then when I started digging deeper into that, I found out that almost every single agent I worked with, like 98 out of hundred, right. would come to me saying, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. I don't know why. And come to find out they had some sort of traumatic experiences happening in their childhood. Didn't have to be child abuse. I wasn't abused. I just had well-intentioned parents that made me feel like crap. They loved me. They just didn't really know how to express that in a way that I could understand. And so I saw everything across the board with these agents. But the one thing that was really interesting was that they felt like they never had a sense of home in the way that they saw other people have. And so they would get into this space feeling like, well, I want freedom. I want independence. I don't want anybody telling me what I'm able to earn because I'm going to earn as much as I want to earn. I want to give back to others and make them feel a way that I was never made to feel. I want them to feel really good. I want to take care of people. I want to serve people. I want to help them find home because that's that thing that's just always eluded me. And that's what we all had in common. And so when I started digging into what actually made us productive, that's where the whole productive flow methodology came out. And I realized that our productivity for the day was based on how we felt emotionally. If we felt good emotionally, great. We were on fire all day. But if we had a crappy emotion going on inside of our bodies, we didn't get anything done. Mm. And that was where it came in. And so it was creating, learning how to create consistency and balanced emotional state in order to create consistent productivity, consistently take bold action moving forward. That's how I got in coaching. I absolutely <laughs> love that. Oh my goodness, Angela. That's incredible. I mean, I love though that you look at the emotional side of things too. Mm-hmm. As I always say, I'm mm-hmm. like, the alignment of mind, body, and spirit is what makes a successful mm-hmm. person. If you don't Absolutely. have the alignment of all three, I don't care. I could give you a billion dollar blueprint. You're going nowhere. Like you said, if yeah. you have an uh, unbalanced emotion in mm-hmm. your system, there is mm-hmm. no way 
<laughs> in hell that you're going anywhere because you can't get past that at that very point in time. And it's like, how do we yeah. maintain that state? How do we stay motivated? Mm-hmm. You know, some days we, you know, we wake up and you're just like, oh, like you said, like yeah. the emotion, you know, and how, how do you really push past those simple moments? Cause it's baby steps to get to the big step. Yeah. Right? So absolutely. What would be your recommendation on, on something like that? Like, so, like an entrepreneur is listening or really anybody mm-hmm. listening that's maybe struggling with that or any, you know, you know, it's, it's really understanding where all of this stuff comes from, you know, because a lot of us experience this, we've come out of childhood being told that we're too much or we're not enough or we're something right. And it's usually a little bit of both. Like I was always too much at home, right. Because I was constantly talking and I'd ask a lot of questions and, and my parents just didn't get me. You know, they're like, you talk too much or you're too much, or I can only handle you in small doses kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then at school, I would feel so self-conscious about that, that I didn't want to talk to anybody. I didn't want to speak up in class. I didn't want to do any of those things. And so my teachers are like, well, you're not putting in any effort. You're very smart, but you're not doing anything. And so it was like this combination of back and forth and feeling like, oh, I'm too much or I'm not enough. And I'm like, where do I fit in? and not really finding that space where I would fit in. And then when I got into retail sales, when I was 14, I finally felt like I'd found a fit because the whole point of being too much and carrying on conversations with people in retail sales was great. <laughs> you know, you walk in and can make anybody feel like they're your best friend. And then you made more money. I was like, that's easy. I could do that all day, you know? And so it was, it's really finding that balance. So my productive flow method that I use is four parts. So emotion, energy, time, and focus. And I always start at the end at focus and work our way backwards because focus is the, it's the thing that we, as people like us really struggle with focus because we want to do everything. And we, probably can. And so, but we, we shouldn't, right. Because right. <laughs> focus can scatter. So we have to figure out what it is that really drives us. And the way I do that with people is helping them find a, a destination. So I call it setting your GPS, right? You get in the car, you program an address in your GPS. It doesn't matter if you're going up to the store, you know where you're going. You want to avoid the cops and you want to avoid, you know, like speed traps stuff, right? And you want to make sure that um, there's no accidents or anything like that. So you want a clear and direct path to where you're going. And so we do that when we get in the car all the time, but we don't do that with our lives. We don't think of what is the destination we actually want to get to. And we don't think about that. We're just like, oh, maybe I'll try this or maybe I'll try that. Where are you going? I don't know. I just want to make this amount of money, right? Well, why do you want to make that amount of money? I don't know. Cause it sounds like maybe I could have everything I wanted if I had that amount, right? Well, what is it that you want? Well, I don't know. Well, then you don't know where you're going. <laughs> right. You know? right. So it's setting that destination and really understanding what you're end goals are. So like money can't be a goal because it's just a means to an end. You got to understand what is the end goal that you're already really after. So understand what that focus is and you have an actual destination for what you want your life to be. Then you can backtrack that and say, okay, well, this is how I need to spend my time in order to get to that space. And then it's easier to say no to things that don't fit in to that destination. Because it's like it eliminates shiny object syndrome because it's like it either fits into that or it doesn't. And if it's something that we look at and we say, okay, well, it doesn't fit into what I created, but this is what I want to do. I just didn't know. 
then you've got to go back to your, your focus and reset your destination. Say, does this fit in with the destination I want to create? Right. Mm -hmm. So it's always easy to go from focus to time. And then from there, when you have this like calendar, you're like, okay, this is how I'm going to spend my time. Then you can go backwards and say, do I have the energy it takes to get to spend my time this way? And then you have to look at that. So that's where I spent a year getting certified as a health coach so I could understand the nutritional aspects of it. But I also tend to go a little woo. So I also look at energy from the woo aspect as well as the energy in our body, right? And then you've also got to look at how your emotions feed into that and how there's stories that you've heard and you've had on repeat your whole life. Things like I'm not enough or I'm, I'm too much or people don't like me, or I can't do this, or I shouldn't do this, right? Because of stories that we heard from parents or teachers or whatever. Mm -hmm. I did a report in 11th grade for my English class on the doors on Jim Morrison. And my teacher was furious with me. And she's like, why would you waste your time on that guy? He was a drug addicted, horrible person that just, you know, ruined all these lives and stuff like this. And I'm like, I don't know. I thought he was kind of cool. And, you know, I was 11th grade and the Doors movie had just come out and I'd read the book and his biography and stuff. And, and I thought his story was interesting, you know, and that's why I chose to do the report on him. But for her, it was like, I was going down a bad path because I was interested in him. And it was like, so that she was trying to save me. Right. She had good intentions. She right. cared about me, but it just, made me feel like I did something wrong, right? Instead of just allowing me to be true to myself. So it's those stories that stick with us. And once we really set our destination, understand where it is we want to go, and we're able to create a, a timed calendar to get us there, and we're able to create the energy in our body that's going to allow us to take those actions to do those things, then the only thing that's standing in your way is emotion. And once you realize that those things are just stories and those stories can be told in a different way there's a book uh heather ashamara warrior goddess woman something like that you can look that one up uh, it's a really good book but in there she talks about how she used to tell her childhood story in a way that felt really negative and she hated telling the story when people were like so tell me about your childhood or tell me about your life and she's like oh okay and then she'd like tell it, you know, kind of like, um, have you ever seen the holiday and Cameron Diaz is telling Jude Law and she's like, okay, I'll say it fast. So it was like, she was retelling her childhood story and it was such a negative story in her mind that she had to like go through it quickly to get it out. And so what Heather Ashamara says in her book is that she learned to tell her story through a different lens is she learned to see that story through a different lens. So like what she said was that, you know, she used to tell how um, as a child, she was moved around frequently and she was always the new kid at a school and how sucky that was basically, you know, and I went through that as well. And I can testify. Yeah, it's pretty sucky, but she learned to see it through another lens and realize that she learned how to make friends with almost anyone in an instant that she learned how to be a very good friend to people. She learned how to adapt to change. And so she started telling that story through that lens. And when I read that, I remember thinking, yes, I could do the same thing. You know, like a lot of the skills and qualities and capabilities that I have today as an adult came from those childhood experiences that I had labeled as negative. Mm -hmm. And when I started seeing them in a different way, I realized, wow, these 
these weren't negative at all. They may have felt negative in the moment, but they actually drove me into becoming this person that I am today. And I'm so proud of that. So it's like, it's shifting those stories, telling them differently. And then you're able to break free from the emotional shackles that have held you kind of bound it to those, those negative stories, because you're able to see them through so many different perspectives, able to see them. Like for one thing that I did was seeing them through my parents' perspective, seeing them through their eyes at the time and realizing, God, these were just kids in their twenties. They didn't know what they were doing. They had no clue. They were both traumatized by their own childhoods. They were doing the best they could. Right. And it really helped me shift how I saw them, how I saw how they treated me, everything. And so I was able to get to a point of, of seeing them so differently that I could really honor the experiences that we had together in love, knowing that they, they did the best they could and I was doing the best I could. Right. And so it just shifts all of it. And then you realize, you know, there's nothing really holding you back. It's just the story you're telling yourself. Yes, a hundred percent. It's about meeting people where they're at, right? When you have mm-hmm. that level of awareness, you're kind of like, wow, you know, you step into their shoes, right? And then put yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's really like yep. what it is and understanding like, wow. And it shifts everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like the story that you narrate yourself. And the minute that you start mm-hmm. to look at it in a different lens, you start to understand. And when you start yeah. to understand, you start to realize like, okay, well, this is just, you know, they weren't trying to hurt me. They weren't trying to degrade me or put me down or anything. It's yeah. just how they were programmed. And, you know, sometimes yeah. there's and there's a million different factors that, yes. that tap into all this, but it's really fascinating, right? Because a lot of the time I find that most people in life are very reactive. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's this projection of whatever traumas and whatever mm-hmm. things, right? Triggers and yeah. all of that. And it's just fascinating to me when you get to that level. It's just like, wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It all into perspective that, like, hey, what are you reacting to? Yeah. Yeah. And the, the thing is, too, is I know a lot of clients that I've worked with have been through some really traumatic stuff, like parents who didn't care. You know, I mean, not situations like what I went through, but something very textbook child abuse, you know, Mm -hmm. and even in those cases, being able to look at your story and see what you walked away from, even if it was just courage, resilience, bravery, strength, you know, to see what it was that you took from it and saying, this is what, like, that was terrible, but this is what I walked away with. And that that's something powerful. That's something that I get to keep. And so it is seeing the story through a different lens. And that's how we handle the the emotional aspect of it. But, and that's why I say it's four parts, emotion, energy, time, and focus. But if we were to start with emotion, we don't even know where to go. You know, it's like, we've got to start with the focus and then work our way backwards and see that the story is all that's left. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I love that you work that backwards too, so that your focus stays right on target. Because if you don't know yeah. where you're heading to, like, for example, I always like to like give this example, you're sitting on a train and you have no mm-hmm. idea what stop you're going on. You're just going to be sitting there and life mm-hmm. is going to go like, yeah, ask you by continue, continue. <laughs> and you're like, just sitting on the train, like, whoa, what is this person doing? Oh, why is this person sitting yeah. there? You know what I mean? And almost like yeah. pretty much like that, where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, your destination is, you know, where you're going, you're laser focused. You're like, I'm going to X stop. And here's mm-hmm. where I'm going to go. Here's where I'm going to get off. I'm going to do my thing. Right. But like, yep. it's just, 
it's just so crazy. And like you said, you know, when you talk to clients, how many people don't know where they're going? And I think, yeah, they have no idea. A lot of times they're, especially if they've had those childhood stories swirling around inside of them, they're just getting through the day every day. And so they spend so much of their time just putting out fires and dealing with the chaos that's around them. And we tend to attract chaos and even create it for ourselves when we're in that space of not knowing where we're going, Mm. because we just, we want something to happen and we just want something to be different, but we're not putting enough focus into it to figure out what or why. And if we don't know that, then everything gets off track. But the reason that I don't start with focus when I talk about it and I start with emotion is because productivity truly is rooted in emotion. We have to understand that connection first and then go to focus and say, this is where I start. And then we work our way backwards through it. But yeah, it it took me a really long time to figure it out. But once I did, like things really clicked into place and I'm on a 45 hour work month at this point. And it's great, you know, to be able to have that. My husband and I have five kids, three dogs now. Yeah. Five kids. So they're mostly grown now. We've got four adults that are out independent on their own. And then we have a a little boy who will be nine on the eighth. Incredible. Yeah. I remember reading that in your bio. I was like, oh my God. No, it just clicked. I was like, oh my goodness. Well, it's fascinating. Like I I love like your whole process and Mm -hmm. really, because these are things that anyone who's listening right now, guarantee has gone through or know somebody's going through oh, yeah. like you know totally. it comes down to that emotion when you know that that's the root cause what mm-hmm. are some pieces of advice Angela that you would give for releasing that because it's like we now say we know that it's there we know that it's yeah. the problem now how do you release because I mean society obviously a lot of things have happened when it comes to this right self-medication yeah. and a whole bunch of other yeah you know the reason why mental illness is where it is I believe right yeah. now is because of these emotional issues. And then learning most recently that emotions can get trapped in certain areas of our body. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Yeah. And this is emotion code and body code. Yeah, absolutely. When I say mind, body and spirit, you know, like it's a Mm -hmm. huge, and you said spiritual woo woo. I am there. I see two more. Well, your left, my right. The tarot yeah. priestess light up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I got a couple. There's another one underneath it. I've got a crystal here. I've got all kinds of stuff over that way. Yeah. I've got I've got decks and pendulums and crystals all over the house. So. Same, same. So <laughs> and in my pockets, always. So everywhere, everywhere. <laughs> same here. But it's all energy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah. what are we attracting? Are we cleansing ourselves? I mean, there's just yeah. a million and a half different ways to yeah. go. Out, but I always tell people, you know, when it comes to energy, just take a look at quantum physics, epigenetics. Yes, there's a whole list of yeah. things, and that is directly yeah. tied into emotion as well, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And so I, what I recommend to people, and this is what I do when I'm working with someone is asking them what they feel their best path is to get to that because everybody has their own belief system and what they want to tap into. And so, you know, some people like, like my husband is not at all woo, never has been. Is like that's not his thing, right? He's just like whatever. Take your little voodoo magic over here. You know, <laughs> like he doesn't. Husband. He doesn't have any problem with it. He's like you do you, you know. But that's not what I believe. I'm like that's cool, man. Whatever. And then he was watching some show on Gaia. 
it was funny. He was watching some show. Oh, it was on Deep Space. Mm-hmm. And he's what he really likes space. And so he's watching some show on Deep Space. I'm like, oh, is that on Discovery Plus? He goes, no, it's on some channel called Gaia. And I'm like, you're on the Gaia channel? Like, that's right. really cool. And then so he started watching that. And then he went from there to Joe Dispenza's Rewired show. And then once he started watching Joe Dispenza, it was over. Like he was like busting the crystals out of the pineal gland. And, and then he's like <laughs> taking these like meditative journeys and all this stuff. And he's like, whoa, like you won't believe what I saw last night. <laughs> he's like, You're like, yes, Lucid dreaming there. and all this stuff now. And I'm like, uh-huh. And he's like, you know, all this stuff you've been talking about, like this is scientific. I'm like, I've been telling you that for years. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it, it is, it's funny, but I, I think everybody has to take their own path. It's like for him, he had to go through a space show to get him to the, go to Joe Dispenza. And it was like, that was the path he took. Right. And other people can be very religious and they have their own path to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter to me. I think it doesn't matter what your beliefs are, or if you believe in energy or if you don't, it's like, it doesn't matter. You find your own path there in clearing your emotions. Now me personally, I went emotion code, body code. I did all that energy work, pulled all the stuff out, the stories out. I loved watching the duality, Jeffrey Allen's, where he does a lot of talking about energy work and grounding and balancing out your chakras and things like that. And I absolutely did all of that and still do daily. I meditate every single day. It's part of my before I get out of bed and open my eyes function, but it's just that's my path to it. And everybody's going to have their own. I believe that if you are having trouble emotionally, you need to look at what you're eating because when we are struggling with our emotions, we tend to feed our emotions. So we're eating things that are putting our chemical body out of alignment. And so our body's not able to produce the amount of chemicals in the right order to create the emotional state that we want to create. So actually keep us stuck, right? Mm -hmm. So like a lot of my clients I noticed would drink a lot at night, alcohol, just to numb themselves down enough to fall asleep because their brains were just going, going, going. And then when I got them to a point and I'm like, you know, I'm not, I'm not sober in the sense like, you know, I love half a glass of wine here and there, you know, it's not a problem. But I think that if you're drinking at night in order to calm yourself down, then you're self-medicating. And if you're self-medicating, then you got to ask yourself why. If you're doing a lot of sugar, a lot of carbs, you're self-medicating, ask yourself why, you know, and there's always that emotional root that's kicking it off. And it's usually these feelings, when I would break this stuff down in, in with my clients, their feelings would come up of feeling like they weren't enough feeling like they were overwhelmed, that they couldn't get everything done. They were having feelings of guilt, all this stuff coming up for them. And then when we started just getting them on different eating habits and swapping the alcohol out at night for chamomile tea, for instance, you know, that just different things like that were just little tweaks that would start shifting their body and then getting them to move their bodies more because they would just sit all the time being stuck at their computer screen, feeling like if I'm not sitting here staring at this computer, then I'm not getting anything done. When in reality, they weren't getting anything done sitting at the computer. It's like, get up, move your body. You'll start to shift that energy and also create more of those happy chemicals that your body needs right now. Right. right? And so there, there's a lot of different paths to it. We can take a woo path. We can take a nutritional path. 
And we have to rewrite the stories. It's shifting the mindset. You got to see what those stories are. And the best way to do that is to notice when an emotion comes up for you, what are you experiencing right then? What's Mm -hmm. happening? right? One of the things I get um, my clients to do is to keep a time journal. So kind of like a food journal, you know, you write down what you eat when you ate it, right? There's a time journal. What are you doing with your day? So don't like plan it all out, how you're going to spend your day. Just say, this is what I'm doing. This is when I started. This is when I finished. This is how I felt when I was doing it. And then you start to realize how you're spending your time and you start to connect emotions to your time. And when you start to do that, then it starts to open stuff up and you start to realize, huh, every time I have to create an email or create some social media content, I start to feel like I need to go do other things. I start to feel overwhelmed. I start to feel anxious. I start to feel an energetic drain. Like these are some of the things that I've seen come up for people. If they're feeling that in those moments, then they can tie the activity to the emotion. And when they can do that, then you can look at the activity and say, what about this activity connects you to something else that makes you feel this emotion. Mm. And they're like, oh, well, when I was a kid and I had to get up in class and I had to speak, everybody laughed at me. Mm. I had one client who could not do video because no particular reason. She had no idea why she was struggling with it so bad. But then come to find out that when she was a kid, her older brother told her that she was fat and ugly and nobody wanted to hear what she had to say. He said it one time. It was enough to create a story in her head that told her that she was fat, ugly, and nobody wanted to look at her or hear her anything she had to say. Wow. So video became impossible. The second we connected her issues with video to that statement that her brother made, she was like, oh my God, why would I let that hold me back? <laughs> That's just something my stupid brother said. <laughs> and it was enough to get her to do the video to start it. And once she started, she realized it would get easier and easier each time. But it was just realizing where the story came from, hmm. putting a name to it. It's so fascinating. Like the story, mm. oh, our brain is so powerful. <laughs> I always say like, oh, powerful. Your worst enemy. It's like, wow. And like, what an experience to be working with all these clients, Angela. And like, just like your journey throughout this all and kind of like the journey that you've had with your clients as well. And I'm so interested. Yeah. This is my favorite question. What would your older self tell your younger self based on what you know now? It's all for good reason. It's all for good reason. And like, this is going to mean something one day. I think that's what it, what it would be. I, Cause I tell myself that now it's like, you can go through a moment and it's like, you know, like, you know, my husband brought me home this early Christmas present puppy. I'm struggling to housebreak this puppy. Like, oh my God, so difficult. I have not had a puppy this hard to housebreak in like 20 years, really hard. And so, but I know that it's happening for a reason because here's what I'm getting out of it. It's not just that I know that once he is housebroken, he will be housebroken one day, that once he is housebroken, I'm going to have this great new puppy. And he's such a great part of our family. He's going to add so much joy to us. And I know that it's more than that. Because what I've noticed is that every time the puppy has an accident, I go into defense mode and feel like I'm going to be attacked because my husband's going to be upset at me. He's going to blame me. He's going to think, why aren't you doing a better job? Right. Mm -hmm. And that's what's coming up for me. And I'm realizing that my, when my husband sees a puppy has an accident, he's like, Oh, he had another accident here. Let me clean that up for you. Or he's like, 
oh, we're going to get it. It's okay. You know, he's struggling. That's all right. You know, he, he's going to be fine. He's going to be great. We're going to get this. We're going to do it together. You know, like he's totally there, totally supporting me through it. But I have that anticipation of being attacked because as a kid, that's what would happen. I get blamed for a lot of things. I was the oldest kid, right? My brother took off on his little power wheels thing one time when he was two years old, went around the block by himself and I got blamed because why wasn't I watching my little brother? You know what I mean? <laughs> So I realize that stuff like this comes up. I see it for what it is. And I'm like, oh, okay. I see what's going on here. I'm having this trigger show up for me so that I can see it so that I can work through it. Well, that's fine. I can do that. No problem. And then it makes me not as frustrated with the puppy. (laughs) (laughs) Because I realize he's here teaching me a lesson. It's all worth it. It's all work it. It's all going to work out. You know, it's all going to be fine all lessons all yes. lessons and it's so beautiful <laughs> like when you start to understand like hey there's a purpose behind this yeah, what exactly. uh, how is life happening to me it's for me yeah. just like, exactly yeah. exactly and that's the thing you know i can look back on my entire life and look at every negative thing that's happened or every challenge or anything that i faced and i can look at all of it and say if i didn't have that I wouldn't be understanding what drives people like me to be productive, what prevents them from being productive, what creates sales aversion for us, like all these things and be able to teach them how to heal it. That's pretty amazing. But I'd never be here if it wasn't for all of that. Never in a million years. Oh my God. You're so amazing, Angela. Thank you. I love hearing your journey and just like all all of the things, your process, like how you help people navigate through and just like your wisdom and your energy is so beautiful. And I'm like, I'm super pumped for you. Like what's coming in your world in like the next six to 12 months? Like what is new? So we've got the new puppy, which is amazing. Yeah, we do have a new puppy. (laughs) Yes, we do. Right now I've been, I, I put together a, a membership program, which is the first one that I've done. And I'm really excited about it because I've done group coaching, a lot of group coaching, and I've done a lot of one-to-one coaching. There's only so many people I can help doing it that way. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to find a way to help more people and also do it at a price point that was really affordable. Because I remember uh, there was a time period where my first husband and I got divorced and I was a single mom with two kids for six years before I met my current husband and he had two kids. And so there were six years there that were just super challenging for me. And all my clients had been real estate agents. And that was right when the real estate market tanked, right between like the end of 2005 and the 2011, like right in that six years. So it was like a really hard time for real estate. And I just, I wanted to, I kind of made this commitment at that point and thought I needed so much help. I needed coaching. I needed therapy. I needed support. And I didn't know how to get it. And I couldn't afford anything. I thought, you know, one day when I'm like stable and I'm set, I really want to be able to provide something that helps people get out of this situation to give people that help that they need when they really need it and to make it really affordable. Mm -hmm. And so this membership program is part of that. And so I created, it's called productive flow prosperity. 
And so we already, it's up and running or have members in there and stuff. And it's just been great. And so I'm really looking forward to this, this year, promoting that and getting more people in it and really showing up and serving them in a really big way. And that's just been, it's been something that's been on my mind since then and being able to fully like express it now, just. It's really, really awesome. Incredible, Angela. Oh my goodness. I adore that. And I love your mission. And I love that you're giving back now, you know? Thank you. And it's it's incredible because I know you're going to help so many more people through that. Yeah. That's amazing. So you've got to give everyone like the details on that. Like where can they find it? Maybe there's someone who's listening that's like, Angela's freaking amazing. Where can I, <laughs> where can I find this membership program? Where can I find her information? Yeah. So drop the details for the membership. Yeah. Well, um, they can go to productiveflow.com. It's really easy. It's right there. Productive flow, prosperity membership. There's other little classes and things that I have in there that they can buy one off, but if they join prosperity, then they get all of it as part of their membership. So it's incredible. <laughs> oh my goodness, Angela, you are absolutely incredible. Like, like I said earlier, like I just adore your energy, your story, all the people you've thank helped, you. your sister, your process, all of the things. I'm just grateful for you and your time today. So thank you so much for being here. So, so, so grateful for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I'm very grateful for having this opportunity to be here on the show and talk to you and tell the story and and hopefully really help a lot of people that are listening to understand that there's nothing wrong with them and that they're just wired differently. And it's super cool to be that way. And we have so much that we're able to do and give because of who we are and the way we are. You just got to learn how to utilize it to push yourself forward, launch yourself. Amen. Angela, thank you so much for that. So that's it for today's episode of Underdog. Catch us next week, always dropping on Thursdays. And remember, if you're interested in real estate or want to learn how to create more money and magic in your life, check out meetwithpamela.com and let's chat. Sending you so, so much love. Underdogs, underdogs, underdogs. All we know is overtime, working like some underdogs. underdogs.